episode is not what I was going to originally talk about. I delayed a day because I was sick yesterday, but it came to me as a really good part two of last week's episode because I have two really good examples. One is from one of my students, which is super recent, just happened to her as a result of the exercise I talked about last week. And one is from my past, which led me to where I am today. And so I thought that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk about that because that was an example of the subconscious uh, sending a message that was received and acted upon. And, and, you know, that's what it's all about. This, this telepathic power is us knowing we have it and accessing it and having it help us lead us into something more authentic something that will be potentially an adventure that will light you up, that will lead you to whatever it is that really feels good. And that's what we want in life, right? So listen to these uh, examples. And if you haven't done the exercise, do it. See what comes up. It's important uh, that you really know that you have these capabilities. Just because we're human doesn't mean that we don't have magic. We're filled with magic. We just don't know how to access it. And that's what this can help you do. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another lesson learned episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. You may notice my voice sounds a little coldy because my two-year-old grandson gave me a cold last weekend. Uh, well, Monday was my youngest daughter's birthday. So I went to visit her and it's actually her last week in the house that they've been living in for, gosh, since her the, her oldest, who's now four and a half, ha- was born because she moved in when she was pregnant. Crazy how time flies, but uh, she's a little, I guess, misty-eyed because Although she's excited for her new chapter uh, and it's she's moving to a new town. She's always lived in the area where she lives now her whole life. She just turned 39. So I know when I moved from there, when I was 50, it was a big deal. Uh, and she's moving a couple hours away. And uh, although it's going to be a good move, she's moving to the town where her husband is from and her in-laws l- will be like less than a mile away. And so I think it's going to be a great move for them. But anyway, so I went up to celebrate her birthday, be in the house for the last time. And the little one had a cold and, uh, they went out one night and I babysat. I was there two nights 
And uh, of course, you know, wiping his runny nose and I thought I was washing my hands good, but you know, sometimes you just forget. And I think I forgot because uh, the first night I got back home, I had a sore throat and then it's just progressively gotten worse. Um, so yesterday I was going to record and I was like, I, I sounded horrible yesterday. I think yesterday, although I've gone through a lot of Kleenex today and I might have to pause to blow my nose, uh, yesterday was really the worst voice day. So I am here. I'm going to make this episode simple uh, because I had this idea when one of my students posted in our Facebook group about something that she did as a result of a new exercise that I had given them. Uh, so I have a new group that had come in and and I am redoing a lot of my my lessons because I'm always evolving and learning new things. And I always like to freshen things up. And when I learn something or see something that I think would be a great lesson for my students, um, I want to share it. And so it's this fun exercise that basically I explained it in my last Lessons Learned episode, which is episode 303. So you can go listen to that. Uh, to get the whole gist, but it's super simple. You write down a few names of people that you haven't seen for a long time that you'd like to connect with. Uh, when I did the episode, I shared my experience of it happening for me within like 24 hours, but it's using the power of your subconscious to telepathically communicate to somebody that you really want to connect with them. So it's really a fun exercise. And I always love exercises like this because it's like, why not? Just do it. See what happens. Play with the universe. See what magic it will bring. It is a magical thing. And often we let our scientific brain or our logical brain try to talk us out of doing these silly exercises because like, you know, because we don't believe it'll happen. We're like, oh, right. That that's really going to happen. So I'm not going to do it. Well, that's mistake one, number one. And mistake number two is that you don't believe. So you do it and you're like, okay, I'll do it. But if you don't believe, that's the point of the exercise. If you don't believe it's possible, then you're shutting it off. You're blocking access to that communication. So you're essentially by writing down this exercise, Oh my goodness. I just had to pause. Uh, my dogs are throw up. So my dog is sick too. <laughs> He had his annual checkup yesterday, so I'm not sure if it's from a shot that he got or if he swallowed one of my air buds because one of my air buds is missing. So, but that was like two days ago. So I don't think it would take this long for him to get sick. But anyways, I took the opportunity to blow my nose in that break. And so uh, getting back to it, let's see, where was I? Um, yeah. So I think I was talking about that we block this connection when we don't believe. So when we believe, then we're sending out that message, that energetic message to the universe. And then the universe helps us. And somehow, some way, I don't purport to know how it works really, except energetically. Uh, and I've seen it happen so many times that uh, I know it, it, it actually does happen. But I know the big trick is Number one, you have to do it. Number two, you have to believe it. <clears throat> so I'm doing a part two of this. I wasn't planning to do a part two, 
But I had the idea because one of my students actually had an amazing thing happen as a result of doing that exercise. And I wanted to share it. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I had an amazing telepathic experience happen in my life back in 2006. And I remembered it. And often I think when we remember things, it's meant to be a message. And so I'm going to share that as well. Uh, and that is what led my husband and I to reconnect because we dated. If you don't know my story, you might know, I mean, you might have heard this a zillion times, but people always like to hear it. So I'll tell it again. But uh, we dated when we were in college and we broke up and my heart was terribly broken, although I was the one who broke up because of, um, yes, he, he had a hard time being monogamous. And so a lot of times uh, <laughs> you can't you can't move on in a relationship uh, when you can't trust somebody. And so that's why I made the decision to move on and married somebody else. And so lo and behold, here we are back together. And it's been an amazing, uh, gosh, we've been married since 2009, been together since 2006. So it's been an amazing mm, 16 years. Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, so let me tell you about, first of all, Karen's manifestation or or, or her, it, it really is because you're, you're manifesting the communication with this person that you want to connect with, right? And so it is a manifestation but it's um, full use of the telepathic abilities of her subconscious. And so I'm going to read you what she posted in the group, pretty much verbatim. I might explain something along the way, but um, but it was so amazingly cool. And I have to tell you, she, she's she been on the podcast. I had her on the podcast recently with another one of my students. Uh, and she was somebody who was very blocked from believing uh, in her powers and her superpowers and didn't trust her gut. She didn't trust uh, that she really knew that there was a knowing inside of her. Uh, and when she started to believe in that knowing, I mean, it's just like things have been, she's just such a happier version of herself. I love it. So anyways, uh, so she, this is what she put in the group as a result of this exercise I shared in episode 303. And she wrote it just like a, a good author would write things. I was like so fascinated. I was mesmerized when I first like started reading it. I was like, what, what is she saying? Um, <clears throat> so she says, today I walked into the foyer of a building and a wisp of red hair turned into a hallway on the other side of the room. I didn't see a face, but my heart fluttered. I walked down the hallway and into another room, and there was my friend, Shelly. I'm already getting goosebumps from reading this. I live in Idaho, and she lives in Michigan, and we haven't seen each other in over three years. She was visiting a daughter to support her while her husband had surgery this week. I didn't even know the daughter and son-in-law lived in the same town as me. Shelly and I only had a few minutes to chat, but seeing an old friend is such a heartwarming surprise. Sadly, she is flying home tomorrow morning. This evening, as I thought back on last week's assignment, to write down the names of people we hadn't seen in a long time, I'm just going to interject here. So the, the exercise was write down names of people that you haven't seen for a long time that you would like to connect with and see if they don't reach out to you or if they don't reach out to you in like the next two weeks, then 
reach out to them. And chances are they're going to say, oh my gosh, I was thinking of you, or I was just about to call you or something like that. So that's a test too, that it worked, but they just hadn't taken the action as a lot of people don't do actions that they think about because they get too busy. But anyway, so to continue, but she thought back to the assignment and she said, who did I write down? So she's writing this down, like she's trying to remember and recollect. Who did I write down in that assignment? She couldn't remember. So she went back and she looked in her journal that I tell my students to keep while they're doing these. She said, yep, there she was. It's a rare thing that we would be in the same building at the same time. And I recognized the back of her head. She was a dear friend 20 years ago when we lived in the same town and our kids played together. We occasionally comment on Facebook. We don't call. We seldom write. True friends are connected even when we don't realize it. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. I am so happy that I introduced this exercise to them because that is proof. And if you believe it can happen, and you just like, then you forget about it because she wasn't like focused on, oh, am I seeing the friends? Am I seeing the friends? She wasn't focused on that. And the, the crazy thing is, like I said, that she didn't trust her gut. She saw the back of a head of someone's like, I saw that it was funny. I was in Costco earlier this week and I saw this person from the back and I was like, that was like my friend, Kathy, but she wouldn't be here shopping. She lives in Richmond. Uh, but the hairstyle was the exact same, but the body, her body was different. And so, but it's so funny because how many times would you like pursue somebody because they had the same color hair as your friend from, you know, 20 years ago that you like, although she did see her three years ago, um, but she just saw out of the corner of her eye. That is the universe people. That is the universe throwing a little seedling or something down for you to follow. And she trusted herself to follow that instead of like going, oh, poo-pooing. We all poo-poo too much. And she, instead of poo-pooing, oh, you're silly. That's a silly thought. She would never be here. She doesn't live here. And so move on my merry way or my busy, busy way, because we're so busy. We don't take the time to follow our gut, even if it's as simple as reconnecting with an old friend. And that reconnection can lead to something pretty amazing. They had a short conversation, but who knows, you know, they, maybe they'll get back in touch and plan to see each other again. So that is so amazing. So, so crazy, right? Uh, and so try it. And, and if you want to go back and listen to the episode, it was really short, but it's, it's just really an easy exercise to do. Um, <clears throat> but let me tell you about the thing that brought my husband and I back together. And, and this is, I believe the work of the subconscious and bringing, I also believe that the universe is always driving us to our true path and purpose. And so, uh, you know, ultimately getting back with my husband was part of my purpose because my my purpose unfolded after we came back together. And I really feel like I never was my real authentic self most of my life, but I felt like I was really my authentic self when I was with him. And so he brings out my 
real authenticity. He knows me. He's the, he looks at me in my eyes and I, it's like, he's looking at my soul. And I don't know if you've ever had someone, it can be a girlfriend or a guy friend that they can act, they know you so well, they can like know what you're thinking. And so we always had this big, deep connection, even though he, I felt I couldn't trust him. Um, but the good thing is that when we did get back together, I, I just basically said, I'm not going to bring any of the past with me. I'm just going to like, this is a new beginning and we'll start from here. And I knew that he knows or, or knew even at that point when we got back together that he felt he had made big mistakes in the relationship. He had never gotten married. He talked about me to his friends about how he had made mistakes and he could never find someone like me. And I heard about this as we rekindled our relationship. So there was a lot of confirmation that I was not being crazy and stupid for going and giving him a second chance. But this is what happened telepathically. He had a dinner with some clients. He's in the real estate business. And he had some a dinner with a couple who he was doing work with. And you know how women are, so nosy. <laughs> I'd be the same way. Um, so asking him personal questions at the dinner, like, oh, why haven't you ever been married? And so in that dinner, he said, well, I've never found anybody like the girl that I dated in college. And of course, the woman was like, who's that? Who's that? And where is she? And of course, my my now husband knew that I had gotten married and that I lived in Northern Virginia. And, and I found out later, he looked me up, he Googled me <laughs> and I was a, a vice president at AOL. So I guess there was something on me on Google. I don't know, but his, one of his business partners found out about me and he, I guess, Googled me a couple years prior, a few years prior anyways. So he was keeping tabs on me, I'll say, but anyways, he knew where I had worked. So he told her, and it just so happened that I had left that company about six months prior. I left AOL like six months prior, so I wasn't there anymore. So they had this conversation. She was determined to find me. He didn't want to interfere with my life, which I appreciate. He never tried to, you know, even though he knew that I was the one somewhere along the way, uh, he never tried to interfere with my life. He never tried to track me down. Uh, but, you know, I, I kept thinking about him throughout my life, you know, I, my marriage would go through these downturns and downward cycles. And I thought about him on my wedding day. Like, what am I doing? Am I making the right move? Am I, should I be getting married to this person? I'm not sure. And that's not a way you should feel on your wedding day. <clears throat> on your wedding day, you should like say, uh, maybe let's not get married. Let's like wait six months. But of course you're already in the whole throes of the celebration and the planning and the dates and the invitations and everything's gone out. And if you start to have second thoughts, you just like talk yourself out of it. You know, you're not going to jeopardize that. And plus I, I loved the person I was marrying. I just didn't have that depth of that soul connection with him that, that I had with this other person. And so that, that other person never, I never um, severed that really. You can't sever that. It's always there with you for your whole life. And so I just got to this point where I started thinking, and this was around the time in my life where my marriage was just really, it wasn't, it wasn't a romantic partnership or relationship or an intimate one. And so we would just, in, in fact, my, my husband at the time uh, worked in another state. And so he would come home on the weekend and we would do our thing, like go to dinner and do the th rituals that you do after many years together. 
but there was never affection really, except, you know, I cared. Um, we cared about each other and that was the hard thing. Right. Uh, and so when somebody's like maybe abusive or mean to you or, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a different story, right? It's like, you have a good reason to leave, but when you're getting along, even though it's like a brother and sister, it's like, you don't divorce your siblings. And so if he was like, I loved him like a sibling, then I can't divorce him. But I will say at this time when, when he, he was talking to this couple about me, I was going through this on my own crisis in my marriage, wondering if I should leave, feeling like if I stay, it's going to drain me. If I stay, I'm going to have regrets. If I stay, I won't be living the most passionate life that I'm capable of. And if I stay, I won't be capable of finding it even. And so I had gotten to this place in my life where I think I was open to receive anything. And so she says at the end of that dinner, I'm going to find her. I'm going to find her for you. And so she set out to find me, but lacked really good detective skills. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't work real hard at it. She sent an email. He showed me the email later and it was around. I'm just going to give you timeframes to show how magical this is and how quickly it can work. She sent the um, email on, I think it was August 14th because that weekend was, they had the dinner and then that Monday, right. She would have like been on her computer and, uh, <clears throat> sent the email. Oh, she called. That's right. She called AOL and asked for me. And they said, she's, no, she's not here. And so she, in the email, she wrote to him, she said, well, I called and they either wouldn't patch me into her or she's no longer there. So dead end. Right. So he went on his merry way. She went on her merry way within six weeks, less than six weeks later, I had, and the date was September 23rd. So I, I looked it up on a calendar. It was like two days less than six weeks. I had my high school reunion. And it just so happened that I went to high school and college with a few guys that, in fact, I went to that college. I picked that college because the cute guys were going there for my high school. <laughs> so that's that's how uh, how much I was focused on schoolwork. Uh, so anyways, I... Um, one of the guys, he played rugby in college with my ex-boyfriend, the one who, who was talking about me six weeks previously. He, of course, he knew about him and my relationship. We hung out together in college. He dated a friend of mine. So, you know, we, we knew each other really well in college. And so um, he comes up to me and he says, after some small talk, he said, hey, have you seen Mike Wright lately? And I was like, no, you know, like it left, he lives in a different town, first of all. And secondly, no, I have, why would I talk to him? I married. And so I asked him back, I said, oh, has he gotten married? Because the last I had heard um, about him was <clears throat> probably 10 years prior. And he wasn't married then and was dating somebody. But, uh, you know, he would date somebody. And then when it would get serious and the girl would like want to 
have a commitment, then he would like break up or, or the girl would get frustrated and break up and then he'd go find somebody else. So yeah, so he was, he was non-committal. He had a, uh, his parents got divorced when he was in high school and I think it affected him a lot. Uh, he saw that long-term commitment as a potential for divorce, I think, which is sad. You know, you don't realize you think divorce when you're older won't affect you, but I think it affected him a lot. So anyways, I was like, no, I haven't seen him. And oh, by the way, you know, asking questions about him to see if he's married. And so that planted a seed. But I believe that that message came from his subconscious. I believe that, and, and, and I believe too that when it's a collective consciousness, that it's even more powerful. So I had this woman help, trying to help him and I had him wanting that connection. And it came through this other person to me. Isn't that crazy? And so then that was that conversation ended, moved on about our merry way, but it was a seed that was planted and I started thinking more about him. So fast forward, less than a month later, I went to a wedding out in California, friend from high school who had lost her husband in a tragic accident. He had died suddenly. Uh, and so it was her, her second marriage and I'd wanted my husband to go with me, but he didn't want to go. He was like, didn't want to go. So that was an example of our relationship. And the reason he didn't want to go is because he said that he, um, I remember it vividly because I was really hurt that he didn't want to go. Uh, cause I love weddings and it was going to be a really nice wedding in La Jolla, California. And she was a longtime friend. And he said, I don't know anybody. And the funny thing is, is that the woman who was getting married was a bridesmaid in our wedding. <laughs> and so he knew her. She was in my wedding, Ugh, in, in our wedding. <clears throat> Anyways, so he chose not to go. So we go, I go to the wedding and had a little too much wine to drink at the rehearsal dinner. And I came back to my desk in my hotel room and I Googled my old boyfriend. I Googled his name. I say, you know, people say I drunk dialed, I drunk Googled. So I, I drunk Googled, found a name and I remembered his middle name and I knew what profession he was in. And he had been in the same profession since he left college, graduated from college. So I found a number with his name, middle initial, and I found a a residential and an office number. This is probably too much detail, but anyways, I, I called the residential number, shows my persistence. Um, and the residential number was no longer in service. So I called the office number and it was a like an office voicemail system. It wasn't his voice. So I was just taking my chance that this is the right person. And I left a message. I used my maiden name because I didn't think he would know my married name. So the secretary got it the following, because this was like a late Friday night. So on Monday morning or whenever they were back in the office, I think there was a holiday there. I don't know why, but he wasn't in the office on Monday because I didn't get the call back until Tuesday morning. And I was like, by then I was like, ah, forget it. Uh, but, uh, she, she gave him the note and he like looked at it and he was like, probably like in shock. And so he immediately called me back and within a week we met for lunch. And yeah, that is that when you're with somebody like that, who you can be your true authentic self with that you want that, that feels good. 
And I think in that moment, I felt like I have been living an inauthentic life in this material world of money and things that don't mean anything. And what I want is to feel right inside. And that was my goal. And I I just genuinely felt like he was the vehicle that could help me do that. So that was the beginning of my whole 180 turnaround in life. But it all started from this telepathic subconscious message that was sent into the universe by this individual who was a client. She started it. She started it. And then he, I imagine, kept thinking about it because, you know, she messaged him. And then I received the message because I was open to receiving it. I think I always had this belief that that was potentially possible. I would have these dreams of that at night. I would wake up and it wasn't like uh, often, but periodically every few years, I would have this vivid dream of reconnecting with him. And I knew those dreams would continue until the day I died, until I resolved them. And so for me, I think my journey at the beginning was more about wanting to pursue something so I would never regret it. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know at all that it was going to have the happy ending it had in marriage. He he was noncommittal. Who would, who would think that he would finally commit to somebody, but he did. And he said in the very beginning, I'm never going to let you go. I, I love you and I've never stopped loving you. And so, you know, I, I kind of knew it was going to stick, but then it didn't matter anymore to me. Marriage wasn't as important to me. It was like being with somebody who made me feel like I could be me. Being with somebody that wanted me to be me and not trying to be something or someone else uh, to impress other people or to make money doing it or to collect as many material things. That was not me. And that's what I was doing in my life. And so for me, it was just this kind of like receiving and, and, and acting on. That's the other thing too, is that when we get these messages, it's, it's meant for a reason to be received. And we just talk ourselves out of it. When you talk yourself out of something, that is a sign. That's resistance. And usually resistance is because there's a fear. There's an underlying fear. And you want to attack that fear. You want to push through through that fear because we imagine the worst. What if I had been so afraid and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to cheat on me again. He's going to be the uh, it's going to be the worst. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to have I'm, I'm going to wish I'd never done this. And that was an option to choose to think that way and to cut that off. But I knew when all was said and done and I got to the end of my life that I'd be laying there with one huge regret. And that was not seeing it through to see what the possibilities were. And I was open to failing. I was open to learning and learning if it wasn't going to work was as important as if it would work. Because then at the end, I wouldn't have had a regret. And then look what happens. It's been the most magical time of my life and allowed me to 
pursue my authentic self in, in many, many more ways, not just in my relationship, but in my entire life and in my work that I do. So this has turned out to be quite the episode, right? <laughs> I was just be a part two of using your telepathic powers, but this is an example of how it can start. That power that you have is so underutilized, probably. Think what you can bring into your life if you just believe that you can think something so strongly that it can literally change your whole trajectory. And even if it seems as simple as following somebody in a hotel and reconnecting after a few years, that is maybe the first stepping stone to accessing more of those abilities and manifesting more of those what you th might think are total coincidences into your life. They may seem like coincidences, but I tell you, they're not. They're there for a reason. It's meant to be, meant for you to walk that way. And if you ignore it, and if you try to talk yourself out of it, you're going to walk down a path that isn't going to be as fulfilling and fun and feel good. And I got through that without having, I mean, I had to wipe my nose a couple times. Sorry if you're watching on video, but I didn't have to blow my nose and my dog didn't throw up again, usually two times and he does it right in a row and then he's good to go. So anyways, enough uh, of that. Uh, nobody wants to hear about throw up. So have a great rest of weekend and thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, Remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.